Hi, and welcome to Talkward. I'm Marty Dundix, Editor-in-Chief of Weekly Humorous Magazine, and this is Talkward, a fun little podcast where um, professionally funny people can come and tell awkward and cringeworthy stories. Uh, today, my guest is Brittany Brave. Brittany is a stand-up comic, a writer, and a entrepreneurial type person. Sure. Um... CEO of my own brand. You got a brand. You got the Britney Brave brand. <laughs> yes. Britney yes. Brave. Yes. But welcome to talk with Britney Brave. Thanks oh for coming on. Gosh, thank you for having me. Professionally isn't funny is just like running on a marquee in my Isn't that head. fun? Yeah. Professionally funny. Professionally funny. Even if you're not making any money yet, then you're still, you're professional in your soul. No, that just means that you're running a startup. Gaha. Entrepreneurial, yes. if you will. Yes, I'm entrepreneurial. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's no revenue, uh, but I'm my own boss. Yes. I'm the CEO of this chair. Define your own currency. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, it's fine. I'm rich in ambition. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a startup. <laughs> exactly. It's a startup. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for being on Talkward. Oh my God, thank you for having it's me. delightful. I met you on the Twitter. Yeah. And then I was like, well, who's this, uh, this uh, super duper uh, entrepreneurial uh Psycho. Fe- female power brand. Sure. You got going on. Oh, psycho em- and female power brand are the same. Empowerment. Yeah. Empowerment. Um, yeah. So you are uh, running a thing called Catcall. Yes, I am. Which I thought was a great name. Thank you. You were complimenting Guaranteed Delivery earlier. Mm-hmm. I think Catcall is a great brand. I. I it's think- a way to take a word and turn it around completely, mm-hmm. 360 it, and make it something that's a good thing for women. Flip it on its head. Right? So yeah. Tell me all about Catcall. Yeah. So, um... A long, long road to getting to naming that. I was mentioning before we started recording that naming things is like the bane of my existence. Um, and and I, it's the mo- one of the most important things about starting a business Yeah, is the name. Yeah, and I always think like it's very easy to overthink it, obviously, and, and throw out decent ideas and embrace not-so-decent ideas. But I'm like, I think if you just end up doing really cool shit and building your own legacy, any name can sound cool. Yeah. Like before Beyonce was Beyonce. Beyonce sounds kind of ridiculous, but then she built it into Beyonce, so now it's a proper noun, you know, now it's its own thing. Um, No, Catcall's great. Uh, We soft launched in 2016 by soft launch. It's just like an entrepreneurial tag term. It means that you started a company that no one knows about for a while. Yeah, or the... (laughs) (laughs) We weren't ready to let anyone see it yet, (laughs) so we soft launched it, so no one would look and say, is this it? Is this it? No, 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 no. This isn't it. It's we're soft launching. No, you can't judge my startup. I, I soft launched it. Exactly. I, I soft it means we're not it. done yet. Yeah, exactly. It's um, not ready to come out of the oven. Yeah. And what it, <laughs> what it meant for me was I uh, wasn't properly managing my time and hadn't dedicated enough time to it yet. Yeah. So I call that year of dipping in and out of this idea to start Catcall and these like panels and roundtables that we had like a soft launch right. in a sense. Um, when really what it was is I didn't get my shit together. But yeah. I did get my shit together this time last year. But you can't, I mean, you can't know these things starting. Like when no. I started Humorous Media and I launched Weekly Humorous, it was, I started with the best knowledge I had at the time. Mm-hmm. But looking back, it's been a little over a year and I would have done so many things differently to oh begin mm-hmm. you know like man I really I could have been six months ahead of myself had I known this in January yeah you know but you, you don't know it in January no and you can't beat there's, yourself up about you, that you, there's no way you could figure that out you had to go through all that hell yeah and you're like oh I was doing this totally wrong yeah yeah well I I don't know if you feel this way but I 
Oh, I get more confused, pleasantly confused, the farther I go along with Cat Call in some ways. Like, I did start it, like, this could be as big as it's going to be or as small as it's going to be. This could go in so many different directions. And I definitely relate to looking back now and being like, God, you did so much wrong. Or why did you not do this? But it, I think once things start to pick up, now the decision making's harder. Like, now that we're, like, a year and change in, yeah. I'm, I'm more confused. Like, I'm not confused, but there's higher stakes there's higher stakes i yeah. think when you first started out you try everything and yep. you're and you're kind of like sure i'm open to that sure i'm open to that what the hell who gives a shit Fuck no it, one's gonna see it launch. no one's gonna see yeah. this right and then and then you start doing better and then people do start looking at you and, and you're like oh this is great people are noticing and but then the stakes are higher because there's more risk right so yeah. it's like well no i'm not gonna try that are you crazy i'm gonna lose the the, the audience i have gotten now mm-hmm. and i don't want to do anything to jeopardize that so, so then you start overthinking like mm-hmm. well maybe i shouldn't do that or maybe that's not going to align with my brand or the, so then you start then you start kind of you know worrying too much and that's yes. not good either you still you have to keep your focus the same excitement and and daring do that you had when you first launched you got to keep that yeah absolutely but and in to, a controlled way and listen to your intuition too like yeah. the same gut kick and gut instinct you had to start what you started yeah. is, is going to lead you into the right direction as you build it and as you continue it also is like you flesh out you start working with other people or tossing ideas onto other people you know, take advice, but take it with discretion. So now what's Cat Call become in the past year? Um, you started it yeah. and you did round table tables. You brought mm-hmm. people in. You had mm-hmm. events. Yep. And Lots you, you did events. I looked and you have like a lot of uh, like sponsorship type cross promoting of things. Like yeah. you bring a lot of different people in. Yes, we do. That's organizi- organizational like uh, headaches for me. I, I would be... So afraid of that. Yeah. It's just a lot to have to worry about. It is a lot to have to worry about. Um, it, it, so it's funny. You're posing the question at my height of confusion <laughs> with Catcall. It po- in a good way, yeah. I mean this. Um, you know, we started off with the intent of just building a network or putting some structure around this network of uh, girls that were in music and entertainment. And we all had some of the same opinions and kind of we're after the same thing so that's where the panels and round tables that's a very fancy way of saying we like polished off a couple bottles of wine and brainstormed and mm-hmm. all got closer it literally was kind of like a cult it started it was like one girl would bring two girls mm-hmm. you're like okay like you know we had our inner circle and we're like if you're going to come here bring two girls that, okay. that nobody else knows and try and bring people that you think would align with this and have different career paths and professional crafts as well too so then we had this little network then we were a non-profit organization um and then we just started like officially you did that whole thing no we have not so that's where that's a whole thing that's that's a whole thing that's where the plot twist comes in and then we just got really good at doing all female curated events and that's something because uh you know we can all all of us terrible startups could just call ourselves a non-profit and then by default (laughs) i mean ask me a question do i make any profit no i'm a (laughs) non-profit Launch nonprofit. <laughs> I'm a I'm a hobby. I'm anti revenue right now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Who needs revenue when you have passion? <laughs> um, so we are. I think we have nonprofit aims, intentions, yeah. Yeah. intentions. Um, and then we got really good at giving having a platform that created a platform for other women. So yeah. whether it was musicians, comedians, spoken word poets, people who are passionate about rhetoric and debate, we've dipped into that. Um, and then the other day, my best friend just blew my mind and she was like, we are a female conduit. And I was like, that sounds like 
a type of birth control that's going to be around in two years, like a yeah. conduit, you know? Conduit. Like a, yeah, like an intra Did you bring a conduit? I didn't bring, I didn't bring a conduit. You can go pick up some conduits at the corner uh, store. Yeah. <laughs> no, never mind. They're illegal now. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, so I think that's what we are. I think ultimately we are a platform to create and support other platforms where the female voice and whatever it wants to talk about gets heard and gets lifted female talent i think that's i think that's great i Thank think you. that it's it's a, it's a hot topic right now yeah and um i think that there's i think that if there's going to be an organization that's going to do well it should be run by women because women are much more in my mind uh, organized and go good on at mm-hmm. i mean go on I, I was run <laughs> i was run i was raised in a female dominant household mm-hmm. i'm the youngest of two sisters mm. um and my mom you know was always there my dad uh was traveling when i was a kid all the time mm-hmm. um but so the the family was majority female yeah and um i was the youngest so i was coddled obviously mm-hmm. but the role models i had were all just completely strong females mm-hmm. which is all i ever understood mm-hmm. or expect love it yeah yeah no i love it i it's it's i do think you i okay just i love men this is not and especially cat call it's not an anti-man or man bashing organization female conduit but i do sense a difference in perspectives politically yeah. and socially and in how men who have grown up around strong women or in female dominant households approach interactions with women and yeah it's it's great it's something we appreciate there's just like an inherent understanding i think not saying that men who don't don't have that but i just assume women are always going to be smarter than me at stuff it's amazing just by default i just like oh well obviously give it to her she'll be able to to do this no problem yeah she's the brains behind the operation yeah she's the brains yeah it's fine yeah and uh i think in general you're that's a good attitude to adopt. It's a good yeah it's a good default um you know and then there's a lot of and i never i you know I'm just an ignorant male, but and I'm always so shocked to hear. Are all you of, though? If you admitted it, uh, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. Aww. Maybe audience. I, I, I'm always so so shocked to hear about all the different things that are so terrible uh, with, with with gender and and with the uh, amount of of the pay gap and all the different things that you know women don't get hired for this or don't get paid for this and all. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, I don't know how that ever. Those people did not get raised in a female-dominated household because whoever started that horrible system didn't know anything. Yeah. You know, like, what? Yeah. How did that happen? And how you ignore an entire other side of the constituency just because... I just think people get uncomfortable and and react impulsively and foolishly whenever things are inconvenient or different to yeah. them. Um, but this, all the satire coming out for the Kavanaugh stuff has been very eye-opening. It's amazing oh, how geez. they can shine a light on something and make it so funny and so um, poignant. Like, The Onion's been putting out some amazing stuff. Oh, yeah. About, like, uh, uh, it was... it was the They spun it so that you had to be really sensitive to... To males who had had, I saw that this a, morning. A man didn't get something that he wanted, so you had to be sensitive to uh, all men who mm-hmm. possibly had gone through that trauma. <laughs> it, nation, was so... it, was, it was like nation urges sensitivity during this time that man has to realize his own wrongdoing. Yeah, like he didn't like... get that thing he wanted. It yeah. was great. Yeah, um, and I I love comedy's response to it. Yeah, and, I mean, and, making fun yeah. of something is one of the. Humor is something that it, it, it can kind of uh, uh, cross all borders, and I think it can uh, educate people and show people how stupid something is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, you, you look how foolish you are yeah. because of this joke. And you're like, oh, I get it. I'm an idiot. 
Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Look how horrible I am. And, and that, that, like, that, there was a political cartoon that came out this week, and there was actually, like, some back and forth on it, but I thought it was a fantastic cartoon. It was uh, Lady Liberty being held down, mm-hmm. and it was, like, a republic. You could tell it was re- Republican hands, and you put it, you hit his <gasps> hand over her mouth. Oh, my gosh. And, like, holding her wrist. It was, like, someone, like, sexually assaulting her, or, and it was, like, Lady Justice, where she had a blindfold on, oh, and God. the hands were wearing Republican cufflinks. Ooh. And I was like, that's a really good cartoon. Like, yeah. that kind of, that summarizes all of this. Like, yeah. It, all of these hearings summarized in one editorial cartoon that was magnificently done and it really stirred conversation but that's what they're supposed to do that's actually yeah that's absolutely what it's supposed to do and i think like especially now as a comedian a lot of people i i joke about things on stage and i talk about things on stage Mm -hmm. that are triggering to some people Mm -hmm. or they don't want to hear about it and i always try and urge audience members i'm like um me joking about it is not what's fucked up the fact that this occurs is what's fucked up. Yeah. Like, and that's like the subtext I try to convey. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as a comedian or a cartoonist or anybody in that creative field, when I try to put comedy on a topic, I'm not devaluing it. If yeah. anything, as a comedian, humor is the most important thing to me. Yeah. So if I deem something important enough to write a bit about it or write a video sketch about it or draw a cartoon about it, I understand for you, you think I'm poking fun and trying yeah. to cut down its importance. Au contraire, for me, yeah. it's this is the most important thing in my life. Do you do videos and stuff too? I do. Wow. Yeah, You're I want multimedia. Uh, yes, I, we have to be. Yeah. I'm a Renaissance woman. Yeah, um, you do have to do everything these days. Yeah, you have to be everywhere all all the time. You have to, you know, be in people's alarm clocks. It's I so hard too. to keep up. There's so many different things. Like, you know, you can't just be funny. Like with the, with Weekly Humorous, you got to be funny with mm-hmm. with the writing, and that's great. And then you have, we have cartoons, and that's great. But then you also have to share all that stuff on on Instagram and the Twitter mm-hmm. and the Facebook, and you have to be all these places. And I haven't even tried Snapchat. I refuse. I don't like it. Good. Yeah, I'm yeah. waiting for it to die. Me, me too. Like um, the other one that I waited for it to die, and then it did. Um, Yelp. No, I'm not. <laughs> is Yelp still around? I think it might. What be. was the Vine? Oh, Vine. How I waited for Vine. It was just, just a to die. way to make everybody in the world look like such a pain in the ass, like yeah. on loop, like that. And the content was as dumb as it can get. I felt too. It was only like seven seconds. It was or something, seven right? seconds yeah. of ridiculousness. Yeah, um, I went through a Snapchat binge in college, which I'm glad that was an appropriate time in my life to abuse and use that platform. I think mm-hmm. it was it was the last chance before entering the real world and looking like a moron. But um, and then I just very it very quickly burnt out for me. Something about it is so like frivolous. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm anti Snapchat. And you honest. got into the comedy world. You were kind of like circling it for a while. Yeah. Before you really jumped in, you were in a music industry business. Yes. Marketing. Yes. That kind PR. of thing. PR. Yeah. Yeah. I was a music publicist for six years. Um, so I just inflated male egos all the time and lied on retainer. You sound great. I, oh man, I that new track. My that moral, new track is killer. If, if you can believe it, my moral compass is better now in comedy <laughs> than it was when it was in PR. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I did, I grew up doing theater heavily and improv and when I went to college, I was, I was super involved in it. I mean, for whatever dumb, dumb reason, I never decided to make that my professional track because I also do wholeheartedly love music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just got sucked in by the antiquated clause of the music industry yeah. and i did that for six years but i was still doing like ucb and circling that's a good way of describing yeah. it and then about a year and a half ago i got really sick of 
Like, I am so ashamed to say that I'm responsible for headlines like this. Like, ambient pop outfit Gelatin Dreams debuts new single. Why did you tell my therapist that? Like, you know, like oh, on yeah, a gelatin daily dreams. gelatin. Like, I legit, like, that's not too far off from bands that I worked with. Um, I just snapped and I was like, I don't know why I'm spending so much time doing something that really doesn't bring me joy. Yeah. And the thing that brings me all the joy, even on its ugliest days. So you had like a falling down moment. A little bit. Yeah. 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 I, I, and it was like a light switch. I just woke up one day and was like, this is horseshit. Like, I think I just had to, I listened to another stupid song that I really didn't believe in. Yeah. And I just couldn't bring myself to sell something that I didn't want to sell. Yeah. That I, that, you know, I wouldn't buy, that I wouldn't buy. And uh, I literally dropped what I was doing. It was like a very dramatic moment. Dropped what I was doing work wise and ran to an improv jam and then ran to an open mic. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. I'm and are my you, whole life. so how did you start doing stand up comedy? Stand-up, I just started... Just going to open mics? Going to open mics. I started writing my own material. I had written sketches, so I had experience with that. Um, But I was primarily an improviser and comedic actress, like, in that realm. Mm -hmm. Um, I had sworn off stand-up. I myself wasn't a huge fan of it. I was Mm. much more like, I loved SNL, I loved UCB, all of, you know, that, that part of comedy. And I just started writing material that I didn't know was material at the time. And then... So well, what is this? I can't turn this into a. Sketch. You're writing like my, like things that would be maybe monologues that yeah. turned into stand up and anecdotes and thoughts and assumptions and theories and opinions no one wants to hear. And then yeah. I said, "Where's the place for that?" Oh, an open mic. Yeah. And I just got thrusted into it. And then I, I I was doing it and writing and trying to focus on it. And then I got an opportunity to audition for TBS. Had a comics to watch oh, showcase nice. at New York Comedy Festival last year. Mm-hmm. Um. Got connected to it, went in, sent cool. a tape, auditioned, and they were like, "Yeah, you're great. You could do ten minutes." And I said, "Fuck, I don't have what? ten. I don't have ten minutes." <laughs> Literally, wow. yeah. I was like, "Do I have ten minutes?" And I just hit the ground running. And, and put you it, wrote ten minutes together. I had. I probably had like five. Just do it slowly. Just. <laughs> 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 I did five minutes of material. Three minutes of interpretive dance and two minutes of recovery crowd work. And the people loved it. They loved it. It's time for shadow puppets. It's it's time. Who is a puppet? Hello. Okay, now I will attempt juggling. No. um, But it went okay? It was great. It was what I needed. I needed that fire under my ass. Mm -hmm. I hate to say that. I mean, I I submitted. I had the community. So that was like a year ago. It was a year ago. Because New York Comedy Festival was coming up in November. Yep. That was so, technically my first ever stand-up show. As a New York comedy festival show. Uh-huh. Wow, that's a way to start. Thank you. Um, and I look back now, and it went fine. Like, it was it was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for your first stand-up set, like, A-OK. Yeah. Like, it was fine. But I do definitely look back now, and I'm like, God, oh. oh yeah. Thank God no one recorded that. Like, Where, you know, what was the venue? Public hotels. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. That's and, awesome. Yeah, and it was... It was what I needed at the time, and like I said, I fell into stand up. I just so really now you and now you perform a lot. Yes, all the time. So yeah. you have a you have a club that you are always at mm-hmm. in Queens. Yeah, what's that? It's called? called the Misfit Hive. It is 
It is run out in Queens, Woodside, Queens. It's also backed by the Project for Living Artists. Um, it's brand new. It's been open six months. Nice. Multiple showrooms, a full art gallery. Wow. Yeah, there's an antique shop connected to it what? as well. Yeah, it is the coolest space. It's like you walk into that space and you think you're in a live choose-your-own-adventure. Oh, I'll go there. Yes, you should. I, I'll Please. go antiquing uh, and see comedy. Oh, my gosh. There are some surprises in that antique shop. Like, it literally in the same shop, it's like, here's an original Mr. Potato Head and, oh, a grenade. Like, okay. Yeah. Don't so, get those two things mixed up. Don't get those two things mixed up. But I do think, you know, if you have an interesting family, you could probably get all your Christmas shopping done. Okay. So it's out in Woodside. Woodside, yes. The Misfit Hive. The Misfit Hive. Do they have a website? They do. What is the website? Misfithiveentertainment.com. On Instagram, it's at follow the misfits. Cool. Yeah. My buddy Craig Fox, who's a fantastic comedian, producer, writer, all around guy, he's running that space out there. Very um, neat. Yeah, and it's really it's really coming together nicely. And I'm a house comic there, and I produce shows there monthly. Do they have um, other than stand up? Do they have sketch? They do. Type shows? They put everything up. They just had a they had a presence at Fashion Week recently. Really? Yeah, they hosted fashion shows. They've had dance in there. I on the music side, I've curated some concerts in there through Cat Call. Um, so. It's just the absolute cool. It's a really, really special place, and Queens is a cool market for comedy too. And do you you do you live in Queens? I do. So that's how you kind of knew about it. Yeah, I think that's part of how. I mean, Craig and I got connected when I started doing stand up, um, and he's been in the game for so long. And then he and I connected months and months ago, and he was like, "I want to bring you in and get you more involved." Um, and it just worked out perfectly because I just moved to Astoria. Which is, is it anywhere near the QED? It's probably about like a 10 to 15 minute Uber ride. Oh, that's not bad. Not bad at all. And yeah, between Misfit Hive, QED, Standing Room. Mm-hmm. I like the know, Standing the Room. The Creek. You know, long, the, creek? the Creek? All of that. Does, do people not call it the Creek in the Cave anymore? Has it, has it changed? I it, I mean, it's called the Creek now. It is. I, I think I just... Does no, no one call it the Creek in the Cave? I don't... I God, don't I've gotten aged out of there, too. I know. I don't think so. No, I have. It's fine. I don't think so. It's a throwback. It's vintage. <laughs> it's vintage. The, I'm vintage. The Creek is confusing. If somebody doesn't They're know... They're going to sell me here, at that antique shop soon. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy you. Oh, thanks. You're worth a million dollars. I'm a fixer-upper. <laughs> <laughs> So Catcall, what's the next thing for Catcall now? Like what's happening with Catcall? We have our official first birthday party. Are you ready for this? Mm. It's happening at the Misfit Hive. Okay. Boom. Talk about when connecting dots. Saturday, October 20th. Cool. We are partnering with So Far Sounds, which is a great organization that does secret pop-up concerts around the world. Okay. So we do not reveal the lineup, but it is obviously very female focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got some cool stuff going on. And I'm okay. throwing it out. At the Misfit Hive. So that's Saturday, October 20th. All right. So we'll have a link to that. Yes. I'll be hosting it and okay. doing some comedy. And then I'm and then far more talented people will be performing music after me. Okay. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm really stoked. I can't believe it's a year to the date from our first public to-do and hurrah. Very so, exciting. Yeah. It's going to be cool. And you're traveling. You're going to yes. San Francisco? San Francisco for the next couple of days. Um, I'll be out and about doing some shows there. And then I'm going out on tour. Um, Tell me about the tour. Oh, tour is going to be fun. I am hopping on the tour with two of my good friends from college, Josh Novri and Gabrielle Magid. And it is mental health awareness 
themed. So Gabby is great, and she started her own nonprofit, Stronger Than Stigma. Okay. Um, and it's all based on breaking stigmas around mental health conditions and diseases. And she's an improviser and new to the stand-up comic game. Josh is has been in stand-up for years and years. We all go way back from college. And basically a portion of whatever proceeds we make are going to her organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called the Nobody's Happy Comedy Tour. Yeah, you're setting the bar a little low. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. None of these people are gonna make you laugh. Yeah. Because we're all gonna die. <laughs> or it's like an inclusive thing. Like you're not happy. I'm not happy. None of us are happy. Nobody's happy. Let's make some jokes. Come on, everything's shit. Um. Yeah, but I I'm unable to do the full tour with them, but I will be doing the Northeast U.S. Mm-hmm. Um. So we have New York, Connecticut, Boston, and Philly, and then I'm gonna hop on some Southeast U.S. dates. Too. What southeast are you going to go to? Oh my God, we have shows in Atlanta okay. and Charleston, and I should know the routing off the top of my head. Oh, and obviously going back to Florida, which is unfortunately my home state. Where in Florida are you from? I grew up in Miami. Well, that's not bad Florida. Bad Florida is kind of oh. like like the real meth, uh, zombie, bath salt Florida. Well, right? bath, bath salts happened in Miami. Did it? Oh, yeah. I, I, I always think more of like dirty Florida is more... I don't know. Broward? Broward is way... How do you get a Broward's an hour out from Miami? They're just civilized freaks. They're like freaks with jobs. That's it. They're freaks with nine to fives, but outside of nine to five, they're yeah. eating faces too. Yeah. I Trust me on this. Yeah. yeah. Miami is its own like... Miami. It's just its own country within... I have never seen a more disjointed, fucked up state in my life. Like, it's hard to believe Miami and, like, Tallahassee are in the same state. Yeah. A, they're, like, 10 hours apart from each other. They are very far apart. Very, very far. And then they're just different worlds Mm -hmm. entirely. Yeah, so I actually liked, I went to school at the University of Florida in Gainesville. I liked that way better than Miami. Yeah. Probably actually my favorite part of Florida. But, I mean, Miami, if you're in the high fashion, money, luxury side of Miami, it seems nice. Yeah. But I think there's many people who are not into that that Very. that bracket of of income that that also live in Miami. Yeah, that's true. That's not as nice. Not it, very true. There's also like the if you're into cocaine and reggaeton, Miami. You know, that's yeah. a very real thing yeah. too. Um, it's it's interesting. It's changed so much. And everyone's addicted to uh, oxy. Is, Are they? Isn't everybody on drugs in, in Florida? Is that what's going on with my parents? I watched something on 60 Minutes and it was all talking about pain clinics and how oh. like, Florida had nothing but pain clinics for like five years. And that's how everyone got addicted to uh, Oxycontin and, and all of the drugs. and I believe it. And all this stuff. And people were like giving out pills like it was candy. There is a retirement home. They mm-hmm. We have the weirdest headlines in Florida. And it, they're all true, unfortunately. Yeah. And there's a retirement home. Is it the Villages it's called? Or like, I think it's That called, sounds like, like a retirement it, community. It sounds a place, like somewhere where people would die, I guess. I don't know. Um, It's a retirement community. And they are like the number one population for STDs. That is very true. That's I mean, that's a nationwide epidemic at retirement homes is, is STDs. It's everyone's not just there? No. Everyone's having the you know the free love in the retirement well you know they don't give a shit they're old they're just like let's go let's is that called wood stalking i don't know it should be wood stalking i don't think there's that much wood stalking happening but there's a pill (laughs) for that oxy oxy yeah that might do it for you (laughs) my grandmothers both ended up in a retirement home um called uh, friendship village in pittsburgh pennsylvania and uh i've totally heard of that 
it's I mean, I'm sure that there's more than one friendship village in yeah. the world, but yeah. but I, I I think um I think pretty much every retirement home in the United States has some sort of an STD problem. You know what's so funny? And there's, and there's so few men. That's one of the major things. There's lots of women because the husbands die first, right? So oh. so if you're if you're like a single man in a retirement home, it's like you, you are hot to try. You are it. yeah, you're a rare commodity. I can get that. Like th- there's more orgies because it's just <laughs> efficient that way. Like he's like, "All right, ladies, I only got a couple months left. <laughs> so let's get four of you in here." Yeah. And They're just, like, "Sounds good." Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good, Hank. Yeah, Friendship Village also sounds like a sorority house, which I also would think has record-breaking STDs. Yeah, probably. Yeah, like Alpha Kappa already sounds like an infection. Yeah. 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 Sounds, yes. You know my stance on Greek life now. Um, so you're traveling tomorrow. Tomorrow to San Francisco. And um, you're most, and the next, we're going to get you on the next Guaranteed Delivery Show. Yes! I'm so excited. Because uh, you're missing this month, but we'll get you on for November. Um, and you, I mean, think you, you know, you know Wendy. I do. Um, She's fantastic. And you know... Uh, Tyler. Ginny Hogan. I do. You know some of all of my favorite New York, uh, at least female comics that yeah. I've mentioned. I mean, I you know Tyler, but um, who else? There's there's so many so there's so many funny female comics Hell just yeah. in like the New York small world. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I feel like there's more... I've encountered more funny female comics than anything else. I love that. You know, I feel yeah. like they are... They're... they're on more and more shows. Yeah. More and more, you know. It's Aggressive. Not, it's not just like female focused comedy shows. It's just mainstream comedy shows. Yep. And I feel like the the comics that I see, if I have to say who who are the best comics, it's usually like, oh, you know, that that woman uh, who went second and then the chick who went fourth. You know, yeah. Like, they were my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think also too, there there's definitely like uh, women coming to the forefront of comedy and stand up specifically. Yeah. I feel like we all just woke up one day and we're like, we don't need you. We could get the job done ourselves. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, Yeah, there is a network. Honestly, I, I've actually yet to really venture into a regular all-female comedy show because I'm a little bit intimidated by its badassery already like i'm like where would i begin yeah who would i book first like how do i want to do this are pants mandatory i don't know (laughs) you know um no but it's it's awesome i know all those comics you mentioned and they're fantastic so and we're having on next time yes um well this is awesome i'm excited about going to the one year birthday party for cat call yes please i will come check it out i will make my way to i'll do my my yearly or maybe two times Every five-year trip to Queens. There you go. The older you get, you, the more you don't go places. Oh, I know it. And like, yeah. I just, I don't go to Queens anymore. Yeah, see, I don't go to Brooklyn now. Like, there's yeah. certain parts of Brooklyn that I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. No. There's places I'll, I'll end up accidentally. Yeah, that but I, happens. I, I won't go there on purpose. Yeah, that's usually after a couple drinks for me. Yeah, or I'm like, did I not tell the cabbie to stop? Where the hell Where are we? Where the hell am I? <laughs> I fell asleep on the train the other day, and I ended up like way out in Flushing, Queens. Yeah, that and happens. I, and it was I just the initial shock waking up, and I yeah. was like, where am I? I thought I time traveled a little Scary. bit. Scary. Yeah. No offense to Flushing, Queens. Absolutely not. Don't I fell me. asleep on the Q train when I first moved to the city, and I oh woke up only because when it, uh, it 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 stopped, I think I was in Con- uh, Brighton Beach, Brighton Beach or yeah. Coney Island, depending on if it was the Q or the D, and they stop and they hose it down. <laughs> and uh, they, it, I got woke up because they started washing the train and I was still on it sleeping. <laughs> and some uh, homeless guy kicked me. He was like, you got to get off the train. <laughs> I, oh, was just like, <laughs> I was like, thank you, sir. 
That is a sad day. When welcome s- to New York. Welcome to New York. I think I lived here for about like two weeks. Yeah. And that happened. Oh my God. I had, I, I had my inaugural cry on the subway like my first year in new york and a homeless man looked at me like the fuck is going on with you and i was like "Ooh, this is a piece of humble pie yeah if i've ever had one that's where you get the real wisdom exactly yeah that's and, what really toughens you up and where can people find you on the uh, on the internet you're on twitter at is it at Brittany the brave it's brit brave b-r-i-t brave as in land of the free and then instagram is Brittany the brave Brittany the brave yeah yeah i hate it it annoys you that they don't match doesn't it, it? annoys me so yeah. much that they don't match and i think i'm like one character too many or some yeah it's like one character too many it's on annoying. twitter it's so annoying i just i this it's an outrage <laughs> it really is the things that really stick with us yeah yeah um that's awesome yeah thanks they, so much for coming on talk word oh you didn't tell me oh real quick you gotta tell me an awkward story i completely forgot oh my god okay doesn't have to be long. Where to, where to begin? I don't know. Really? Um, Anything terrible happen when you've done stand-up before? Anyone ever shot oh, anything? Oh, yeah. Or? Yeah, I did. I, okay, this is this is sort of funny. Mostly terrible. So my first bomb. I had my first, like, actual bomb. Mm. And you'll definitely, you know, you have sets that aren't that great. You have weird crowds. Maybe weird you. Yeah. Whatever. You... You know a bomb. It's like when someone's like, do I have the flu or not? It's like, oh, you'll know. Yeah. Um, and the difference between a bad set and a bomb is there is like a tangible aggression from the audience. Like you're like, <laughs> one of them is going to kill me on my way out of the show. So it was like a 250 plus show. Like the crowd was big, but terrible. Absolutely terrible. There was like a three drink minimum. The show was running over. I was like the 27th fucking comic to go wow. up, like towards the end. Yeah. So they were done firing on all cylinders, yeah. is what they were, like over it. And they're like toddlers that are like my uh, parents that uh, have invented a word called overtired. And oh, like the kids yeah, get yeah. to be like just they're like monsters and they won't go to sleep. They're like, oh, he's overtired. I'm I like, I think you made that word up, but I, I'll, I'll take it. I think your kid's a shithead. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah. And so I get up there and you don't get to see the comics that go on before you or after because you're like trapped and caged in a green room and <laughs> with no food or light or water. It was great. But somehow I found a gin and tonic, so I was fine. Um, no, when I, I get up there and I have no idea like what the temperament of the room is. And like I I open my set, my usual opener, you know, and mm-hmm. just silence. And then like the tension starts to build. So I made a very rookie mistake of doing my more controversial material, my bits about like feminism and the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and, and trying to go there. Because that is the comedy I feel the most comfortable writing and, yeah. and doing. And... Some woman did not even give me a chance to start the bit. Yeah. I think I just said the Me Too movement. And I was like, I was really about it, you guys. And as a woman, and she just screams from the back of the room, rape is about power. You don't know shit. Like, wow. And I, I had no idea. Like, little did she know where the direction of the bit was right. going to go. Then she heckled me. But this is what she did this. <laughs> and I had no. So I just went in on her and I was like, that's really astounding that that's how you express distaste for something <laughs> as a grown fucking woman. Like, 
I have like like my four year old cousin didn't yeah. like his spinach the other day, right. and he was like, "Excuse me, sorry to interrupt the dinner table, but I'm not a fan of green vegetables." And like <laughs> that's how he articulated he didn't like something. Um, but it was downhill from there. Yeah, it was. It was not. It was there was nothing I could do. One woman in the front row looked like she was about to have the worst case of food poisoning. Like she just turned green at yeah. the sound of my voice. Wow. Um, and I think every comic, I weirdly never felt more like a comic than that night. Yeah. I mean, you got You have to have a bomb like that, I think. Yeah. To was, go through it. It's like the process. Yeah. There was just nothing. And that's stand up, man. Like there's just, there are some nights where they just take one look at you and they're yeah. like, how, how dare she be able to shop at Baby Gap instead of regular Gap? She should be paying regular Gap prices. Do you shop at Baby Gap? I don't. I wish that was true. I mean, you're very small. Yes, I'm tiny. <laughs> You're a very small person. I'm tiny. You're a very itty bitty I'm person. I'm two and a half feet tall. I forget about how small you are because when we're sitting, we're like the same height when we're sitting. It's equal right now. We're, yeah, we're very yeah, equal. I know. And then I'll stand up now. and I'll be like, "Oh, where'd she go?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, silly Marty. That's just me going invisible. It was like when I met you downstairs in the lobby. It was like you were sitting in that. It was like you were sitting on like a little like mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, "Oh, hello. Welcome to my hello. village." <laughs> I just. Materialized from the ground. I I represent the lollipop kids. Oh no! Yes, I do. I might be that for Halloween, but it would hit too close to home. Maybe. Mm. You could be more like a pic, like a like a pixie fairy person. I played my first. You know, act, you my could first be... acting role was Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. I could see Tinkerbell. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun. Very good. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Wendy was such a <laughs> a drab. Total. Yeah, yeah it was such a dip. You know, and then Tinkerbell was like flying around, careless, doesn't use condoms, doesn't give a shit. You know, like, like doesn't use what was the uh, what was the um, conduit condoms? Conduits, that's yeah. right. Do you have a conduit? She does not have. Tinkerbell had no conduits. No, <laughs> and she had no problem not using them. Not em. using them. Hello, hello. That pixie dust was like candy cocaine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's a wild one. She's from Florida. Miami. Yeah. She's from Miami. Yeah. So check out Catcall on Twitter. Catcall is at Catcall. We are Catcall. We are Catcall. And you are too. And you are too. (laughs) At you are too. Um, Check out Catcall's one year anniversary birthday show at The Hive. At The Misfit Hive. The Misfit Hive in Woodside. Yeah. And uh, we'll have links to that. And you have to check it out. Thanks for coming on Talk Word, oh Brittany God, Brave. This is so delightful. Thank you for having me. Enjoy me while I'm here because I'll disappear in two minutes. Boom. You're just going to like dis- dis- disappear. That's it. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Talk Word. Thanks for being on Talk Word. Um, check us out at weeklyhumorous.com. Come out to the Guaranteed Delivery comedy shows first Wednesdays of the month. Um, they're a lot of fun. Brittany's going to be on the November show. Our next show is actually uh, October 3rd, which is uh, tomorrow if you're listening to this uh, very quickly. If not, it'll be out of... This is going to be out of uh, date so quickly. Yeah. Me saying that on the show. It's oh, expiring well. as it's, it happens. It is. It's, it's already completely lame. It's fleeting. Um, <laughs> our sponsor is Swill, the alcohol delivery, uh, the alcohol store, liquor store in your pocket. Go to getswill.com and use code FUNNY5 for $5 off your first order. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. They, I and, love that. and you use the app, and it actually lets you price compare 
uh, area uh, liquor stores. Oh, that's incredible. So if you want to buy a certain kind of gin, you can see like five different stores that have that gin oh. and what they're currently charging for. So you, I love that because like that I, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm a frugal. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get a pinch your pennies when you can. I have to have some some of my shit together. Absolutely. Yeah. So check that out. Go to getsful.com. Um, I'm Marty Dundix, editor in chief of Weekly Humorist, and uh, this is Talkware. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.